Thank you, and welcome to the Jazz Focus. You are listening to WETF, South Bend, Indiana, the Jazz Station. My name is John Clark, and thank you for joining us again. Uh, If this is your first time, welcome. We are focusing on a particular album this week. This is a little unusual. Usually I pick an artist or song or something like that, but uh, this is an album that is not terribly well-known. It wasn't one of the the big hits uh, of any jazz-style period, but it, it presents an interesting little microcosm of jazz history. And the album is called um, 52nd Street. That's all, 52nd Street, or the 52nd Street scene uh, done by Tony Scott and his uh, all-stars. Tony Scott was a wonderful jazz clarinet player who isn't terribly well-known today. He uh, came to the fore in the bebop period, and he was one of the two or three clarinet players who were specializing in bebop at that point. Of course, we think of Buddy DeFranco. There were some others. Aaron Sachs was another one, and uh, there were a few others here and there. But Tony Scott was really a remarkable player. He uh, spent a lot of his later career in Europe and uh, doing some experimental music and things like that. Uh, so he got out of the jazz mainstream a bit. But during the 1940s, 50s, and into the 60s, he uh, recorded quite a lot of really first-rate swing and bebop. He was born in 1921. His name was Anthony Skyaka, and uh, he came up, as many young musicians did, just playing in school bands and so forth and listening to jazz records during the swing era. He joined uh, the Navy, I believe, in 1942, Uh, and this was, uh, I think, in between stints uh, at the Juilliard School of Music, where he, uh, I don't know if he had finished his degree there, but he attended for quite a while, so he was a very well-educated musician. Uh, In the Navy, he led his own band, and I think uh, they were primarily based on Governor's Island uh, in New York Harbor, so that allowed him uh, the ability to go into town when he had a pass or time off or whatever, and he would go right to 52nd Street. 52nd Street at the time uh, was known as sort of the jazz heart of New York. Many, many jazz clubs were uh, located on 52nd Street, starting from the early to middle 1930s and going up into the late 1940s when 
things changed around, and of course styles of jazz changed, and uh, um, economics and so forth. But for about 10 years, uh, you could walk up and down a few blocks of 60, uh, 52nd Street and hear all kinds of jazz from, from major, major jazz performers. And that was the scene that uh, Tony Scott sort of sought to capture in this album. The story in the liner notes was that he was at the Newport Jazz Festival in 1958, and uh, in talking with a producer and some other musicians, they were sort of lamenting the fact that there was really nothing left on 52nd Street, and they hatched the scheme to make this album. And this album was recorded in August and October of 1958 for Coral. Uh, the Coral label brought it out. And so this uh, included some of um, Scott's contemporary bebop musicians, but he also brought in some earlier styled musicians, swing and even Dixieland musicians as well. We started out with two tunes from, uh, uh, more from the bebop style, of course. We started out with um, Mop Mop, which was a, a kind of a, a jokey bebop type of tune that uh, uh, we heard there played by Red Rodney on trumpet. Red Rodney, of course, was known for his association with uh, Gene Krupa and uh, Claude Thornhill before going with the uh, Charlie Parker quintet a little bit later in the 40s and into 1950, very... Um, very uh, effective bebop trumpet player and one of the few white players who was accepted by the first generation of uh, black beboppers. We also heard George Wallington on piano, another uh, fellow with some bebop chops. He played in one of the early Dizzy Gillespie quintets. Roy Haynes on drums, still a young man at the time. He, of course, became one of the best-known bebop drummers. We have Oscar Pettiford on bass. Uh, he had uh, been recording since the 1940s. He'd been uh, with the Pettiford family band, uh, his family band. He recorded with Duke Ellington and uh, several other uh, major musicians as well. He was a very well-known player. Mundell Lowe, uh, a very well-known studio and jazz guitarist. We heard him play a little bit on there. And uh, with Red Rodney in the front line, we had Jimmy Nepper on trombone. He was a, a, a bebop and a kind of a, 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 I wouldn't say eccentric, but very much his own uh, player on trombone. He was uh, better known later for his association with Charles Mingus, which didn't end very well. Uh, Mingus knocked a couple of his teeth out, I believe. We also have Al Cohn on tenor sax, he of the Four Brothers, he actually I don't think was one of the original Four Brothers, but he uh, became one of them in Woody Herman's band and uh, was well known as a, as a tenor sax player and arranger. And Tony Scott on clarinet, and we get to hear a little bit of uh, all of those players in there. And Tony Scott also will be playing some very good baritone sax as well as we go along through these sessions. So that was Mop Mop, and we followed that up from the same session with Round Midnight, of course the Thelonious Monk composition, using the Dizzy Gillespie arrangement with the introduction that he had recorded uh, on his uh, first recording of Round Midnight from about 1945, 44, 45, and that played, of course, by Red Rodney. We're going to go to a different session that uh, made it onto this album, 52nd Street Scene, uh, for our next couple of tunes. Uh, the tunes we're going to hear are Love is Just Around the Corner and Blues for the Street. And these feature some earlier style musicians. First of all, we have Oscar Pettiford again on bass. We have Denzel Best on drums. He was kind of a, a transitional drummer between swing and bebop. Al Casey on guitar. We'll hear him take a, a, a nice solo on the blues. He had been Fats Waller's guitar player on many of his uh, rhythm recordings of the 1930s. We have... Uh, Sonny White on piano. He was a, a, a denizen of 52nd Street. He had played with uh, Billy Holiday and many other groups. Tony Scott, of course, on clarinet. We have Pee Wee Russell also on clarinet. He had spent a lot of time on 52nd Street playing in Jimmy Ryan's and some of the Dixieland clubs there. 
Wilbur DeParis and J.C. Higginbottom on trombones, and we're going to hear both of them on the blues. J.C. Higginbottom was known for his uh, playing with the Louis Russell Orchestra in the 1930s, going into Louis Armstrong's orchestra after that, and then he played a lot on the street with Red Allen's various bands. Uh, Wilbur DeParis was a big band trombone player, played with a lot of African-American bands in the 30s, uh, and then by this time, 1958, he had gone out with his brother, Sidney DeParis, on trumpet, and they were... Uh, at the head of the Wilbur de Paris Orchestra, which was a Dixieland band. It was a New Orleans-style jazz band that had a lot of commercial success, made a, quite a few really excellent albums in the 1950s and 60s. And on trumpet, we have someone we have encountered before on some of these shows, Joe Thomas, uh, a, not terribly well-known, but a very, very accomplished trumpet player in the swing style. Uh, he had uh, a lot of Louis Armstrong roots about him, but he also could sound like Roy Eldridge at times. He was a technically very accomplished player, beautiful sound, and great poise in his solos, as we will hear on the blues. So the blues for the street is about 11 minutes long. That goes on. Everybody gets solos on that. But we're going to start out with Love is Just Around the Corner, which was one of Pee Wee Russell's uh, signature songs. That was the first tune that was recorded for the Commodore Records label in 1938 uh, with the Eddie Condon Band, and Russell was extensively featured on that. And he used that song for the rest of his life. And we'll hear him and uh, Tony Scott going back and forth on that tune. Then we're going to jump to that first session uh, with a very short version of a tune called Wooden You, which had been recorded by uh, Coleman Hawkins at one of the first bebop sessions. So those are our three tunes with uh, Tony Scott and his All-Stars. Love is Just Around the Corner, Blues for the Street, and Wooden You. Thank you. 
Thank you.
don't know if they were trying to release that last one as a 45 dance single or what, but at just over two minutes, that was pretty perfunctory sounding. Anyway, that was called Woody, Woody and You, Wooden You, uh, a tune credited to Dizzy Gillespie. As I said, it was recorded on that first, uh, one of those first bebop sessions that was led by Coleman Hawkins, about whom more in a moment. We started out with those two sessions, or two tunes from the session that featured some of the um, historical members of the 52nd Street clan. We started out with Love is Just Around the Corner, which was really a feature for both clarinet players. Tony Scott started out playing the melody, Pee Wee Russell took the bridge, and then Tony Scott finished it out. And then uh, Pee Wee took a chorus, and then Tony took a chorus, and then they traded back and forth on the way out. Two very distinct clarinet styles, uh, but very complimentary. Uh, and uh, Tony Scott was, was very respectful of the musicians who came before. He had a very good sense of history, and uh, he recorded a number of uh, sessions with older jazz musicians. He always brought them in, and he was... Uh, very generous in his praise, particularly of Ben Webster, uh, who he said was a musical father to him, who brought him around and sat him in and jam sessions and introduced him to musicians and so forth. And he also said that his clarinet playing, Tony Scott's clarinet playing, was directly influenced by Ben Webster, that breathy sound that you hear and that uh, way with a ballad, which we'll be hearing in just a couple of minutes. So we uh, heard uh, on the next tune, Blues for the Street, just about everybody. Uh, we heard Joe Thomas take a couple of beautifully constructed trumpet choruses in there. Al Casey played a couple of uh, choruses on electric guitar. He was a, a very good soloist who, who was usually kind of pigeonholed as a rhythm section player, but he could step out and do solos very well. Sonny White took a couple of choruses on piano. Uh, we heard Oscar Pettiford on bass. We heard uh, J.C. Higginbottom on the first trombone solo. He only took one chorus on that. He, uh, by 1958, was sort of uh, running down a little bit. Alcoholism had taken its toll, and he might have only had enough in him to do the one chorus. It was very blustery and very much in his style, but um, that was about uh, probably about the extent of what he could do at that point, which is a sad ending to a great player. A little bit later, we heard Wilbur de Paris, who took two effective choruses. He wasn't regarded as a very uh, adept jazz player. He was a good section player and lead player occasionally in big bands, and he was an excellent band leader, uh, as um, uh, evidence shows from that uh, new New Orleans jazz band he led with his brother Sidney later in the 50s and 60s. And as I said, we, uh, and I, we should also mention Denzel Best on drums. He was the only one who did the solo on that. And then on Woody and You, we heard uh, a solo by... Tony Scott on baritone sax. He was a very good saxophone player as well. That almost worked as a feature at the beginning and end for Oscar Pettiford on bass. So we're going to uh, go to uh, a couple of tunes now that uh, feature the man I just mentioned, Coleman Hawkins. Coleman Hawkins was, of course, one of the greats of jazz history. He spent a lot of time on 52nd Street uh, during the uh, late 30s. Well, about 1939, he came back from Europe, and uh, through the 40s, he had his own big band uh, that played at the Spotlight Club, uh, which I believe was on 52nd Street, uh, and different places there as well. And then he led some very early sort of bop and swing combos using Ton Don Bias on tenor sax. The two of them played tenor saxes in one combo, and uh, quite a few other groups as well. He had Thelonious Monk in one of his early 52nd Street groups, too. So we're going to hear him on the first number be featured on his classic uh, Body and Soul. Of course, he made the greatest recording of that in 1939 when he had come back from Europe. He'd spent about five years over there after spending about 
12 or 13 years with the Fletcher Henderson Orchestra. Um, that was an earth-shattering record, and uh, Hawkins played that tune pretty much every night, I think, for the rest of his life. It became his signature tune, but he never played it the same way twice. He didn't routine it, as Louis Armstrong used to say. He didn't... Uh, create a solo uh, and then stick with it. He used it as a vehicle for improvisation every single time. And we'll hear a very different take on Body and Soul on this recording, which will also feature the leader, Tony Scott, on clarinet, doing a little of his Ben Webster style on clarinet. Then we're going to hear Ornithology, which uh, was a bebop line uh, by trumpeter Little Benny Harris. It was based on the pop tune, How High the Moon. And we're going to hear a kind of a, a, a bebop slash swing version of that, featuring Coleman Hawkins and Tony Scott, along with Jimmy Nepper on trombone. Uh, Tommy Flanagan, uh, at the beginning of his career, great bebop and uh, post-bop piano player. Gene Ramey on bass from the Jamie Chan Orchestra. And Walter Bolden on drums. So that's our, our band for those two tunes, Body and Soul and Ornithology. Then we're going to finish up with Lover Man, a tune that uh, was sort of infamous for that recording done by Charlie Parker while he was having the DTs and drug withdrawal and uh, a pretty stark performance. But it was a, a tune that was well thought of by the bebop players for its chord changes and melody. And we're going to hear uh, Tony Scott play some baritone on that. So those are our three tunes for this set. Body and Soul, Ornithology, both featuring Coleman Hawkins, and Lover Man, Oh Where Can You Be? Thank you. 
a beautiful version of Loverman, tune written by piano player or pianist Ram Ramirez, and that featured some very nice uh, Tony Scott on baritone sax. So we started out with the two tunes that featured the great Coleman Hawkins. In 1958, he was probably just beginning the downhill slide of his career. He too suffered from alcoholism in the 60s, but up until the early 60s, he was playing very, very well. 
um, still using young musicians wherever possible. He uh, really valued uh, young blood in his bands and uh, influencing his music. And uh, Tony Scott was the beneficiary of that on 52nd Street a number of times. So he started out with Body and Soul, kind of a passing back and forth of the hat between Hawkins and Tony Scott. Interesting to hear clarinet and uh, tenor sax played in those fashions. Uh, the tenor sax ballad style of Coleman Hawkins was a little bit out of fashion at that point, and uh, no one was really playing that style on clarinet other than Tony Scott. So interesting little blend there. Then we went into ornithology, where we heard uh, those two horns, plus Jimmy Nepper on trombone, and uh, Tommy Flanagan on piano. Some, some very good uh, swing and bebop uh, there as well from 1958. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. We have one more tune left to finish off this album. The album was called uh, 52nd Street Scene, Tony Scott and the All-Stars, and had uh, uh, two or three different sessions, apparently, with different musicians, a few carryovers here and there, but um, some very good jazz playing, harkening back to the 1930s and 40s on the street, as well as... Um, sort of bringing up the point that when the bebop musicians came around in the mid-40s, they were not necessarily shunned by the swing musicians. That's sort of the romantic notion of what happened. But uh, very often musicians like Ben Webster and, and uh, Coleman Hawkins uh, embraced the younger musicians and brought them into their groups and learned from them and, and uh, sort of passed the torch back and forth, if you will. And uh, Tony Scott uh, really uh, valued the, that um, interaction with the older generation of musicians. After uh, the mid-60s, uh, Scott relocated pretty much permanently to Europe. He uh, passed away in I think, 2006 in Italy. Uh, he had kind of left the idea of mainstream jazz or bebop jazz by the mid-60s, and he was starting to... Um, experiment with folk music, American folk music. He also started uh, listening to other types of world music, African music, Asian music. He uh, uh, got into some Indian music, some Hare Krishna uh, chants he used on one tune. He was uh, an early advocate of Buddhism in this part of the world. He uh, was uh, an interesting fellow, and uh, he uh, w was very much a uh, not into making compromises, shall we say, with his music or anything else, I suppose. But uh, the albums that he produced uh, over the course of his life as a band leader uh, ran quite a gamut of styles and influences, and they're very interesting listening. This is on the earlier sty side, style-wise and chronologically, and it's good to have it. So we're going to finish up with one more tune, as I said. This is uh, the Lester Young classic called Lester Leaps in. And just to remind you who's on this session, this is that last session that we just talked about. And this features Red Rodney on trumpet and bebop trumpet player. We have, um, uh, uh, excuse me, Al Cohn on tenor sax, Jimmy Nepper on trombone, Tony Scott on clarinet and baritone sax, George Wallington on piano, Oscar Pettiford on bass, Mundell Lowe on guitar, and Roy Haynes on drums. And all of these recordings we're hearing were made in um, the late summer, early fall of 1958. So again, hope you've enjoyed this program. My name is John Clark. You've been listening to The Jazz Focus here on WETF, South Bend, Indiana, The Jazz Station. And hope uh, you'll take the time to tune in and join us again next week. Not sure what we'll be doing, but uh, hopefully something that will interest you. So thank you again, and we'll take you out with Lester Leaps In. <laughs>